Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? This is Jonathan London. Welcome to a brand new Geekscape. I've got a great guest this episode. Mr. Chris Hardwick of The Nerdist is my guest, and we're going to be talking about Nerdist, the upcoming YouTube Nerdist channel that launches on April 2nd. April 2nd, right, Chris? Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, basically, what Chris is all about and the history of it. If you need to uh, tweet us, my Twitter is at Jonathan London. You can reach Chris at Nerdist. And of course, any emails can go to Jonathan at Geekscape.net. Check us out on Geekscape.net. All right, here's your episode. Geekscapist, welcome to a brand new Geekscape. I'm Jonathan Lennon. I'm sitting down with Chris Hardwick, creator of The Nerdist. Uh, but I guess my first, uh, I guess my first exposure to you was from watching Blind Date. I don't think so. Well, it was Blind Date. Wait, 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 not Blind Date, but not Blind Date. Uh, remote. Uh, I was about I'm to say. I was about. I was about to fuck with you. I was about to say. I was about to say remote control, but I know that's a joke. Find it. Oh, I would have uh, loved to have done remote wouldn't control. Wouldn't be. You could have replaced Adam Sandler. Remember Adam Sandler? He went on there. Of course, I remember. And Colin Quinn was on there too, and the late Ken Ober, who I loved. I didn't know Ken Oba was dead. Yeah, he died maybe three or four years ago. Oh, that just ruined my fucking Christmas. I'm thank, sorry. thank you. I know it was sad. Actually, Ken was a wonderful. It, guy. it, it wasn't Blind Date. What was it? It was shit, Chris. I, I'm not going to work for it. I'm too lazy. <laughs> what, what was it? It was fuck. I, I'm not. I, I, I act like I'm going to get it. I'm not going to get it. Singled out. Singled out. Or shipmates, which was also like Blind Date. What um? Two shitty dating shows. Yo, how old were you when you were doing Singled Out? Are you okay 22? to say it? you were 22? Yeah. And in, in like, what happened after Singled Out? Because you're the guy on Singled Out, and then they, what was it? It was, like, Jenny McCarthy, then they had Carmen Electra. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Were you were on there with Carmen Electra, too? Uh, yeah, I was there. Did you get along with those girls, or what? Yeah, they were nice. Okay, so what happened after that period? Because the next time I saw you, you were literally performing at that comedy theater on La Brea with Sarah Silverman, Patton Oswalt, and you were doing Hard and Firm. Oh, yeah, it was the, like at a Bar charity. 5. Like yeah, above, Bar 5. Yeah, above Acme. And that must have been 06? Probably, yeah, that would have been 06. Yeah, Mike and I were pretty heavily playing at that time. Okay, what happened between there? Um, well, I, you know, I did a bunch of, I did a bunch of uh, failed television pilots after Singled Out and a bunch of shows that didn't really do anything. I did radio for a long time. Um, uh, I did a couple of movies, like I did a Rob Zombie movie. And, uh, and, then, and, then, and then nothing really. Like I, just, I had just kind of a dead period in my career where... I started to go, I, I think maybe I'm just going to be the guy who was on MTV, you know. But, but in that time, you know, like, uh, of course, I was doing stand-up. Uh, but it just, you know, no one was really coming out to shows. What, I mean, what was your mental state at that time? Were you literally like, you know what, thinking about other things that you could possibly do? Or, I mean, because you're still know. a young guy and, like, you still got options. Time. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a buddy who used to write for Geekscape. Uh, still does occasionally. But he went to UCLA. And he, and he said... Because, uh, you know, there's, there's like the reverse geek thing where they're like, uh, this guy's the nerdist. He, speak, he says he speaks for nerds. Or like he's representative of like a big ner- group of nerds. But F this guy. He had a show on MTV. What does he know about me? Does that make sense? Like, like you know that sentiment. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. I mean, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that the group that you think is going to be the most open-minded, which is the nerds, right. because, you know, 
we were tormented the most right. for things that we loved. You'd think they'd be open-minded, but then a lot of them are actually super protective and judgy. And it's like, you know, I, the, the MTV was not representative of who I was. It was just a job I had. Like, you know, you ask most of these guys, like the same nerds that will get mad at you, like, well, what are you doing? And they're like, well, I work at a Best Buy. Is that who you are? Right. Well, no. Well, then why would my job dictate who I was? Like, you know, it was something I did when I was 22 years old. I, you know, it was like, it was either that or... Do or, or yeah. not have a job, like right. you know. So and if you're going to have a job at 22, that's the job to have. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So why fault you for it? <laughs> the, the the thing that that my buddy said was when he went to UCLA, he would see you at a bar in that period, and he's like, you know what? I saw Chris at this bar at that period, and I won't fault, like fault him again. He said it, it fucking got dark. <laughs> like he he said he looked at, like you know what I mean. He said that, that you were there drinking. Is that true? Like like that you had that period where you're like, oh yeah, fuck, directionless. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just part of, uh, you know, not really knowing what to do and sort of, you know, kind of having the alcohol gene. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I was I was in Westwood drinking way – I was way too old to be in Westwood drinking. Right. But, it, but at the time, you know, it was just – You girls ever watch MTV? <laughs> <laughs> I never – you know, fortunately, I never – I don't think I ever said that. Um, but, uh, I mean, I was still pretty – I mean, I was still pretty hard on myself right. at the same time, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 I was drinking every day and just like, you know, I was just occupying my days with getting drunk and being bitter. And then, and I guess right around 2003, I kind of was like, you know, I don't want to be this guy for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. And, you know, because the shitty part is like, like nerd geek, they're, they're all cool buzzwords now. Right. And they get used a lot. I use them a lot. And, and people pander to it, people which is, pander the, to is it. the most painful thing, you know? Um, but, you know, as I've said before, when I was growing up, it was it was not a it was not a cool thing to do. Like, I was just into the things that I was into, and I, you know, had no social life. I had, like, two or three friends, which I was, you know, were my friends because we were in chess club together. Where was we, this? It was in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. Because we were in chess club together and in the, in the computer, you know, computer lab. and <laughs> Doing turtle and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were, you know, the stuff that we were doing in computer lab at that time was all just text-based. Right. So Richard Garriott was like your fucking hero. Well, my, my like, hero was... Ultimate or what? Ultimate or what? No, I, I, my, my game was Zork. Like, I loved uh-huh. this game called Zork, which was, a, yeah. you know, a super fun text-based adventure game. And, uh, and so I, I just, you know, I, I, I rejected all that stuff in my twenties because I was never popular and I always wanted to fit in with other kids and I never did. And, you know, so here I am, I get this MTV job and then I, I, now I have all these kids that I fucking hated before that were now wanting to be my friend because I was on MTV. And so, so what do you do? And so, well, I, I rejected all of the nerd stuff publicly because mm-hmm. I just, it just was not a cool thing to do, and I was trying to, I was trying to find this other identity to fit in, and it just didn't work for me. And so, uh, you were living a lie. I was. You I really was. A, I mean, I really was. It was funny. I moved to. Well, I moved to Los Angeles my senior year of high school. My my mom and my stepdad moved out here, and my neighbor was this kid who was like, you know, one of the captains of the football team, and so my first exposure to high school in Los Angeles was. You know, this kid, like, invited me to, like, a, a bunch of parties where it was just, like, football athletes and cheerleaders and whatnot. And so I really felt, I always compare it to, like, when Milhouse moves to Capital City mm-hmm. and he tries to, like, he tries to hang out with the cool kids. And it, it lasted, 
you know, what I realized is that you, you can't sustain what you're not for too long. Because, right. I mean, it lasted like maybe a month. And then I just couldn't. It became painfully obvious that I was not into sports or any of that stuff. Like, I was into comedy and sci-fi and tech. And I could, didn't connect with these kids at all. And so I... <laughs> they quickly dispose of me. If they were to make that into a movie, that scene would be you coming home from a game, finding the old Zork cartridge box, and Zork turning to you and being like, Hey, Chris, where you been? Shut up, Zork. Like, Leave me alone. <laughs> no. yeah. You're my old friend. Yeah, and then so the same thing happened in my 20s, and then, um, you know, it just, I was trying to be this thing that I wasn't, and it was really hard. And then in 2003, I decided, you know, I can either... I mean, drinking is really a choice. It's a daily right. choice, like or any kind of any kind and of. And is it something that you're abuse. still like? Are, like, do you go to like an AA? Are you still I don't. A part of it? You don't. But but it's something that you're. It's a disease, and you're, are you conscious of? Do you have it? Like, like I'm conscious of it. I'm conscious of it, and I respect how powerful it is, and I think that's why. I mean, you know, Geekscape gets fucking serious right off the bat. That's you know fine. That. That's fine. No, I'm happy to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, like, I thought I, this shit would be funny. No, no, it's fine. I, I like. I mean, I like talking about right. this stuff. I, I think it's good because I think. You know, other people who maybe are struggling with some of the same things. If if if, if my fuck ups can help other people feel like they're going to be okay, then I'm I'm totally happy to talk about it. Yeah. But um, you know, I I guess I you know every day I, I you kind of go, well, or at least in 2003 when I made this choice, I said, you know, I can, I can stay on this path. You know, no one's going to stop me from drinking every day. It's not illegal. Um, or it's clear that I have a lot of focus. It's just mm-hmm. all been focused on drinking lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, before it was focused on on video games mm-hmm. and 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 stuff like that. And so, in two thousand three, I kind of just I just purged myself of all that and said, "Okay, I'm you gonna... remember the moment?" Yeah, I remember. Where I remember. were you? I was well. I had been seeing a therapist because this girl that I had been dating was like, you know, it's clear that you have a problem and you don't want to deal with it. So mm-hmm. you, you know. Rather than just quitting, a lot of people think that they can just quit doing whatever they do, and that that will solve their problems. But it really, you have to you have to try to uncover why. It's really a symptom. Uh-huh. And so I was seeing a therapist at the time, and I went in one day for a session, and you know I just looked awful. I was fat and gross and sweaty, and she was <laughs> like, "You look like shit, and you need to just stop drinking today." Wow. And I don't know. It just it was the right time for me to hear that, and I kind of just went. Oh yeah, I guess I could just literally stop today, and that was the day that I stopped, hmm. and um, that was uh, October eighth, two thousand three. And you know, what I began to uncover was all of the other stuff that, all the other baggage that went along with it that I hadn't been realizing for so many years. Like, you know, when you when you drink all the time, or you do any sort of substances all, all the time, if you abuse anything, it sort of stunts your emotional growth because right. you're just not. It's a crutch that you use to kind of numb yourself to anything. And so, you know, I, I had this kind of arrested emotional development that was, you know, for, the, for 10 years of just drinking all the time. Right. And so, you know, it was really hard to learn how to, to deal with things and emotions in life um, on just – and really be okay with the fact that, like, sometimes things suck. I'm just going to point that – your microphone. My microphone slip. Yeah, well, your microphone started getting sad, which was the oh. thing. Like, like as we were talking, your microphone goes. Like, I'm in a I don't. Way I don't want to record any man, of this. Man, this, this guy's really taking it to me. I know. Um, but um, yeah, so so you know, in 2003, I I said, look, I can either just be the drunk guy I used to be on MTV. Because you would die. I would die. You would have died. Sure. 
Like, I, at the level that you were drinking... Well, I was already kind of dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> so it really would have just been a formality at that point. Right, but, but, but were there health... Like, there moments where you were like, dude, I just feel like shit. Like, physically, this yeah, yeah, is of course. destroying me. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And so how do you dig yourself out of that? Because at that point, it's not just an emotional battle. It's not just a mental battle. At that point, it's a physical battle. And, and the thing is, guys, those of you who are skeptical of Chris's book, The, Heart, uh, it's the Nerdist Way, right? Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes I was skeptical. Like, I got the Nerdist Way in the mail, and I was like, ah, oh, this motherfucker. What, what's his guide? Get an MTV show at 22? And you understand right. that sentiment, right? And, of course. Yeah. And, and I've been, on Geekscape, I've been like, what is all this Nerdist stuff? You know what I mean? Because it almost comes out of nowhere. Sure. Right? And so you can see how, uh, like, a geek would be like, wait, this can't be right. This can't be sincere. These are the girls who are on the cheerleading team who all of a sudden dressed up as Emma Frost. You know what I mean? Right. And, and so where the fuck do they come from? Absolutely. You know? I understand it. But, I mean, but I, listening I, to I, what I'm you're a... saying now, like, I don't think anybody could fault anything. Because you're saying it in yourself. You came out of nowhere almost. You were in this fucking... Empire Strikes Back moment of your life and then you were like okay it's time for the yeah. training montage and I guess you know I guess it's also just a you know the thing that I would say to people who are listening who who, who want who judge me or judge anything like right. we you know part of the problem with our culture now is that because of the explosive ubiquitous nature of the web and information and data at all times People, I think part of the ways that our brain deals with trying to process so much information is that we just have to make quick two-second judgments about everything. And because of the, the information that we have at our fingertips, we assume that we're authorities. Of course, yeah. because that's very empowering to, to write people off. or but go. not necessarily correct. F- it's not correct yeah. at all. Like, look at Wikipedia, all the fucking factual of errors on Wikipedia. We become our own Wikipedias. I still do it all the time. Right. People want to go, ah, fuck that guy, ah, fuck that guy, you know? But then You said it before we started recording, Chris. Uh, it was rude. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean that. But, you know, the thing that I would say to people is that, you know, if you want to survive this age you really have to understand that that everyone has a story where everyone's a human being and <laughs> we forget that because we're used to seeing avatars <laughs> and you know there's a depersonalization that occurs when you're staring at a screen and looking at something because you're not interacting with a human being so it's easy to look at a picture of something and go fuck that piece of shit and that's who they are i feel like yeah, most people spend a lot of their days accumulating frustration and rage and anger and looking for vessels to unload that on Mm -hmm. and i am that vessel for people a lot you know like i see on twitter people just go like i hope you fucking die how do you how do you deal with that shit because it would wreck most people well listen you've accumulated some form of a a, no i would love to tell you that i that i am enlightened enough that after you know after 18 years of seeing that online sometimes that i'm immune to it somehow but it really bums me out. It bums oh, me man. out from a human standpoint because I feel I'm like... sorry we did that. No, it's okay. Because <laughs> I feel like, why would you think it would be okay to say that to another human being? Yeah. You know? and, then, and then you kind of realize that, you know, much in the same way that I have turned things or people into vessels of, to unload hatred. Yeah. To just sort of... It really is just like a pressure release. Mm-hmm. That, um, that's, sort of, that's sort of what happens. So when, when, when people say like, you know, people say, like, oh, you just came out of nowhere and you're doing this nerd thing. It's like, no, I was always this guy. It's just there was no, you know, except for the period of time in my 20s when I tried to reject it and then ended up coming back to it, there was no real outlet for it before the last 10 years Right. Um, that you really could do anything with. And so it's it was just a, 
you know, I had all of this, <laughs> I had all this nerd stuff built up in me for so long <laughs> that it just, it just kind of exploded out. You can use the metaphor. When I, when I st- <laughs> you can use the obvious metaphor. I don't metaphor. know what you mean. <laughs> um, it just sort of exploded out. And, you know, and, and in 2007, I, I said, you know, I said to my manager, like, I, I don't want to work on things that I don't care about anymore. I only want to pursue things that I love, and those things would be... And I didn't, I didn't necessarily say nerd culture to right. him at the time. I said, like, you but know... But it's your voice, and you had to make your voice clear. Yeah, I said, I want to work in science, technology, um, you know, uh, sci-fi, just anything in those, in those worlds. You know, I'd look at the Discovery Channel and go, like, why am I not hosting shows mm-hmm. on the Discovery Channel? I have... Right. You know, at that point, 13 years hosting experience, and I I love the subjects. That's what I want to do. And you no longer looked like you'd been soaking in water for five years. Exactly. <laughs> I, I had I had I had you dusted off all the all late night stuff? pizza and booze weight, and uh, but that's some of the stuff you talk about in the book too. Like like people who want to transform their lives. Like you know, that's the one thing that I thought the book was really great at was saying, "Listen, man, let, let me be modest about this." These are just tools, but you have to, you know, this is how you transform your life, and, and I'm doing it in like a funny way, but there's a truth to it. I've been through this. You know what I mean? It is. It really is. I mean, I'm not an expert. I'm just a guy who I fucked up a lot, and, and I sort of, and I use those. I mean, I, you know, I think the essential quality of what it means to be a geek or a nerd now is not, it, 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 you can't teach it. Like, it's not, it's not what people are into, but it's how intensely they are into those things, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I believe that what makes people geeky or nerdy is that they try to understand something better than anyone else on the planet. You know, like that's, yes. that's, that's sort of the, because, you know, a lot of us were not physical beings growing up. I mean, like we, we didn't live oh, but a we super, fucking super tried. physical lifestyle. But we tried. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but the only way that we could exercise power is through depth of knowledge. Yeah. And so that's, I think that's the essential quality of what makes people nerdy, not whether or not they watch Star Trek or whether or not, you know, you know, they can quote everything that Jeff Johns has done mm-hmm. or, you know, like, yeah. it, it really is, it, it's about... And the internet is hurting that. Like, there was a day when the only way you knew how to beat a certain adventure game was you beat it. You figured it out and you beat it. Now with the internet, everybody has become those authorities. I remember the only way that I figured out how to beat Dragon's Lair in the arcade was hanging out at the arcade and yeah. watching other kids play and, and go, oh, you're supposed to jump left there. It cost and about then, right. $75. <laughs> like, it really in the was. End, you spent $100 expensive. trying to figure that yeah. out. Yeah, and now... And that's know, a hard-ass game. It was it was a game unless you could get the patterns, then you could. Beep, beep, yeah, beep, once you get the patterns, and you can now like how crazy you can get it on a fucking iPad. Would we, I know. Would we ever have thought that there was a day where you could get a Don Bluth game. Like I know. That I got Space Ace on an iPad. I got Space Ace on the Space Ace. I had trouble with on the iPhone because it just too small or what? Yeah. Well, also because the timing of it. The, 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 you're blaming lag? Is that what you're doing here? I'm blaming the fact that <laughs> the virtual joystick does not respond oh, I hate those as things. quickly yeah. as the uh, as an actual joystick. Right. And so then not only you have to contend with, that's a whole other layer of no, that I, handicaps I, you. I, if there's not a plug-in joystick, I don't think I'm qualified. Yeah. I just don't think I'm qualified. So tell me about this uh, channel that launches on April 2nd, like this YouTube channel. Because I talked to Felicia Day at WonderCon, and she ain't here. <laughs> she knows geek she's been on geekscape i told her i was like you have a channel to promote why don't you come on back and she said oh i'm looking forward to that that'd be cool she'll come on she ain't here felicia she'll come on <laughs> I, I i actually think felicia's probably going to have one of the most successful channels of, of the entire youtube exercise well, you and she have intensely acute audiences like what what do you think was the key to building that audience because it's really simple it's, the, it's the simplest key in the world All right we are a part of the demographic that we are making programming for. And so when it comes to programming our channels, 
all we have to do is just put on stuff that we like. Right. That's it. We just put on things that we want to see exist in the world. And like, that's literally the only thing. Like, like the people who are bummed out like that Kids in the Hall aren't doing Kids in the Hall right now. It's like, well, why not? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Uh, like, uh, for instance, Farscape. Right. I've been wanting to get Rock Neil Bannon on... Uh, I, I named Geekscape after Farscape. Oh, that's awesome. Like, oh, okay, like, okay, I okay. I named Geekscape after fucking Farscape. Because that's my show. Like, there's the Trek, there's the Star Wars, and of course after, well, 1999, when we'll talk about it, I had to find something new, and Farscape was the shit. Yeah. And Farscape continues to be the shit. The comics are good. It's like, you know, Rock Neil Bannon has such great shit. Well, we're, we're putting up the minisodes of Farscape. I, I, I freaked out Brian Henson at the New York Beach Film Festival. I was there, and I had my film playing, and I went up to Brian Henson, who was doing a double screening of Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, and I went up to him and was like, so rumor is you've got webisodes, like I could barely talk, because I was such a Farscape fan, and the thing that I heard about Brian Henson after the fact was, he's really not into that sort of thing, like like fans coming up to him and just kind of being like, ah. Oh, Really? Like that's what I had heard, and I was like, I don't know if that's, that's absolutely. Well, I hope it wasn't because no, I don't. Because I was like, true. holy shit, Brian's and, a really sweet guy. I've never geeked out on people like I. I've never geeked out on somebody like I geeked out on Brian Henson that day. <laughs> no, I, I he's I found him to be a really good cool. guy, like a really sweet guy, and and you know I've 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 geeked out on him so hard about Henson stuff, and he they're still our channel partner, right. like you know, so right. that didn't scare him away. Like he. You know he understands. He understands how how what it what it means to people. So I don't I don't think that's. I don't so think a nerd that's like weird. me, what would you tell me about the Farscape minisodes? Narr- well, narrative or like what is it? Well, you know, uh, p- part of the interesting challenge is, you know, we have library content. Like we we have mostly original content, right. and then we have some library content, like from Broadway. From Broadway, like we like got Broadway we got a bunch video. of Kids in the Hall episodes, right. and so like the Broadway Spar- video is Lorne Michaels' yes. deal. So he's got just. Droves of the stuff. Of course. Yeah. And so the challenge is, you know, you can't just put up stuff that people have seen before and be like, well, that thing is here now. And so the the challenge is, how do you make it interesting for people? So I try to think, well, as I like for the kids in the hall, mm-hmm. well, I'm a huge fan of kids in the hall. What would what would I want to see? And then I thought, oh, well, you know, DVD extra type stuff. So we'll show a classic kids in the hall sketch, and then I'll interview the kids, and then we'll add on like another two minutes. After this, so you can watch the Eradicator sketch. Is everybody involved? Yeah. Oh, Actually, we didn't get Scott for some oh, reason. Scott okay. wasn't around, so we didn't get Scott. But we got we got Mark and Bruce and Kevin and Dave. Okay. And um, and so like after the Eradicator sketch coming out of that, it's like a minute or two of me of Bruce explaining like how he came up with that character and what the shoot was like and just more background information. I love that. But giving people the content they want to see first, and then that's just a bonus feature at the end. And so I think we're trying to do the same thing with Farscape. Is is do some extra, like, you know, cut the episodes down into, like, mini-sodes mm-hmm. that just sort of get the essential information of each episode and cut and, it and way down. And Blu-rays exist. Like, if you want more, like, yeah, the, if you want to watch the whole thing, then you can get the Blu-ray. Um, and, then, and then try to get these extra components out of it so that people can kind of, that fans can really kind of get a behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. peek at, like, this is this what this happened here, and this is what this meant, and this, you know. And especially with a show like Farscape that was so just intricate, Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of puppetry and makeup, and and, and that show was incredible. Yeah, so you know that's that's what we're experimenting now with, and and hopefully, hopefully, I mean, it's again, it's something that I would want to see. So I hope other people do. But you know, I don't know, I don't know. You just never know what people want. We put up the uh, show list and descriptions that you guys have put out of WonderCon. We put them up on the website. Yes, uh, thank you for that. I and of course, that. you guys can put them up on it, it, like go to nerdist.com. You guys have them up on there. 
the the date is November second, April second. April second. I don't even know what time of year I'm in. Uh, <laughs> I April, have that all the time. Oh, it's it's out of control. I don't um, know what day it I, is, I have, what city I'm in. I have recorded episodes that I'm waiting to air. Like we had, uh, we had. Um, the directors of American Reunion, we're going to be putting those up next week. And now, now I'm like, my episode or, or episode numbers are out of order. Did you yeah, like that? yeah I like, know what you mean. Because I'm going to sit on that episode until American Reunion is about to come out. Yeah. And John and Hayden recorded it before WonderCon. I've done two episodes since. Yeah, I, <laughs> so, I, I, I totally understand that. Um, I, yeah, I lose track of, of time. But, guys, it come, it's coming up this Tuesday, the 2nd, correct? Yeah. Uh, I think it's Monday. It's Monday. Monday. Yeah, Monday. April first so, is the Sunday, and then Monday's April second. So Monday the second, uh, and in literally subscribe. Like, like, what's it like working with the with Greg Nicotero and like those guys? Oh, for Talking Dead. For Talking Dead, and and they made you into a zombie. Oh my God! Well, Nicotero is like, he's such a nice guy. He's such a cool guy, and he, uh, the zombie process, the zombification process mm-hmm. was so amazing. I'd been through zombie makeup once before. Uh, by different, just for oh, something shit. Else. Is that some of those like 20, like that 10 year period where maybe you made a movie you're not proud of? Is that what you're talking about? No, 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 no. I did not get zombified. Shit? I did not get zombified. What was the worst movie you were part of? That you, I mean, come on. You got to talk about it. Oh, I can't say. You can't because you're still friends with some of those people or what? Yeah, there's a movie I did that it was a super under the radar sort of like sci fi movie that was that like. You got to, but you still put it on and shit now and you're like, like joking about it, right? <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Do you have it on DVD? I don't have it on DVD. You get it on DVD. I have, you know, but I've done so many. But is my uh, my friend Rob Hubel, who was in Human Giant, did mm-hmm. this amazing live show at UCB for a while called Shit Show. Yeah. Okay, so you would bring in. And we the, had Paul Shear on the. show. You had Paula. So okay. It's like we, so you would bring in the worst stuff. The shit. Yeah. So you bring in the worst stuff you've ever done, and then you all sit like everyone sits around and makes fun of it in front of it, which is so much fun to do because mm-hmm. I have done some shitty, shitty television, and we do gauntlet. Like like we like we like that's what I call a gauntlet movie where not we don't just show one we show like four or five oh gotcha if you fall asleep you get fucked with but these movies are painful to sit through <laughs> you know um, and so it's one of those type of movies that you made yeah it just wasn't that great it's and like, I was gross at the time I was still heavily drinking and I was gross in it and you know the best approach I heard was Bruce Campbell uh, Bruce Campbell to a fan who was trying to ask him why he does those sci-fi original movies Bruce Campbell goes simple. You pay my mortgage ticket. <laughs> like, like, you, like you pay. You know what I mean? Like, you have to continue to have a job. Right. Like, yeah. I, you know, I always, you know, I always looked at all the bad television shows I did, and I always, in my head, I likened it to like, if you were a vampire and you were stuck on a ship, you know, like a transcontinental ship. And you were living in like the you were you were living in the engine room, stowing mm-hmm. away, and you were eating rats to survive. Like that was sort of that was your period. That was my period. Oh, that was shit. my rat. That was my eating my rats to survive period. So so, so Talking Dead. We had uh, Scott Gimple, who's a supervising producer and writer on on Walking Dead. We had him on the show, and uh, and I asked him. I was like, okay, there's a shitload of talking in Walking Dead, like yeah. a lot. And people are like, okay, well, the comic book, there's a shitload of talking there too. But if it's in a comic book. And it feels slow. You flip the pages faster. Right. If it's in a in a, in a show, and I understand on a show there there's just a lot of talking sometimes. Uh, you're gonna sit through it. Is it necessary that after a Walking Dead show, which we already joked was called Talking Dead because there's yeah. a lot of talking, that there's more talking? Like like what is your challenge there? How do you find facets to talk about? That? There's no challenge at all because right. it's like you know as a fan of things or a fan of like shows that you love that. If you're really into a series or you know or a movie or whatever, you're gonna call your friends right after and and just like 
and just parse it out with them yeah. Yeah. and and try to deal with it and so show not every show needs an after show but a show like like walking dead or you know that, that has just like there's so much there's so much stuff going on mm-hmm. in addition to this comic universe of walking dead which is different than the television universe of walking dead and just trying to figure out what's connecting where and who's doing what and all that stuff that it really it's almost like therapy it's really just like sorting through the emotional experience you just toll had. that it took on you yeah what do you think it means like remember lost what do you think it means exactly like you know when when like maybe season three or four of lost you know you'd watch when the show was super like super uh there was like some weird conspiracy going on and then they would run these in, in the middle of commercials they would run an ad for the hanzo corporation and mm-hmm. then it had some sort of a code and you'd go online you know it was all that arg stuff yeah, and i love that story. you know i would i would call my friends and be like i found this one website and there was this thing and there was a video that some you know like all that you you, you're, you sort through it all and so that's what we do and we keep it lighthearted because um you know obviously it's not it's not real drama, like it's not real world. You know, people are actually dying drama. Yeah, so but for geeks, it's always to take had. it too seriously yeah. would almost be like, okay, come on, it is still a television show, but it's still we love it so much that it really is just sorting through all of that, all that emotional stuff, and <laughs> and being able to laugh at a little bit, like how intense it is, right. and have fun with it because it really and then seeing when it deviates from the comic, yeah, when it's, when it's flush with the comic. The show's a drama, but at the core of it, it still should be a fun experience. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what we do on Talking Dead, is we just try to help people sort through that and figure out... And I only watch the show week to week, so I don't really know what's coming we up. We had Matt Moak on. Yeah, we Matt, had Matt, Matt, yeah, we had Matt on our, from the Zombie Research Matt Society. Matt Moak was on two months ago. I love Matt Moak. Yeah, he's great. I think he's. I think the stuff that Zombie Research Society does is so fucking scary. Yeah. And the project I was talking to you before we started recording, like, that's the approach I want to take with my piece. And, cool. And, like, because like, for me, zombies, there's just too much, like, going on right now. There and is a lot. you got to be really selective about what you go for. There but, is there is a lot, and, you know, but just because something happens to be sort of, uh, like, a topic happens to be very front and center in pop culture doesn't mean that there aren't good versions of it. Right. It's, you know, something good happens around that thing and then 50 other people try to copy it, you know, like it's not, it's still really good mm-hmm. just because, you know, because zombies and vampires, uh, you know, I mean, this is how you know that the nerd culture is doing well is that all of our soap operas have zombies and werewolves and vampires in them. Crazy? Although we're, we're getting a damn Avengers movie. What is that? You about? know, what's really fun like, though. What is that about? We're getting a fucking Avengers movie. You still have to pinch yourself sometimes as a geek because well, when you were eight, that's all you wanted. I think it's, I, I think, I think Joss is probably did an amazing job and i can't i'm so excited to see it because again like if it sucks what do you do well <laughs> I'm, I'm just not even thinking along Remember those lines when we were so pumped for spider-man 3 because the trailer looked badass and we had heard the stories about the production being a little rushed i mean i, I understand i think i understand what happened with spider-man 3 uh, yeah we, we had uh we had the 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 uh effects supervisor on and uh and scott and he's a friend of ours and and yeah, they needed another year on that movie. Well, it's—I I don't think it's even. I mean, that may be true, but that I, movie was rushed. I also feel like, you know, like Sam Raimi. These guys spent ten or twelve years with this franchise, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I think as as filmmakers, because I think the audience is partially to blame, because what happens is people, you know, constantly expect the next movie to up the stakes in some mm-hmm. way, and so it just, you know. One and two are really good, and part three just had sequelitis, where it's just like, 
well, now we have to have five big storylines going right. on at once. And they didn't need five big storylines. They could have just focused on Venom. Sandman. Or, or they could have focused on Sandman. Yeah, Sandman just seemed like it was more personally intertwined with something. I mean, he had a he had an arc. He wanted to, you know, he, it's the Sandman arc. He just wanted to get a cure for his daughter. But to focus, on, to focus on Sandman and Hobgoblin and <laughs> fucking... And Venom, Venom, and like a whole relationship, like two relationships, and you're having to make the movie for a distinct uh, tentpole date, which which is the, also kind of a danger. Yeah, when you get just, the tentpole, and you're like, oh man, I just see the finish line, and I've got to make it. You know, it's coming I, up quick. I do think Avengers will. I think because Avengers is designed to be that, Avengers, that it'll yeah. be okay. But in general, I just think, you know, these these film companies like they just need to. I think they were thinking about too much from a marketing standpoint, yeah. and unfortunately, which is how inter- a lot of entertainment works now, and I think why a lot of entertainment is starting to lose ground to, di- to, to digital culture because, you know, with digital culture, we have the power to just make things that because we like them, because we care about mm-hmm. them, not really thinking about, well, but how are we going to market this in Indiana? Like, yeah. we just fucking make stuff that we like, but, you know... Spider-Man Three. It's like, well, we have this third movie that's you know in we got to put Venom in it because he's got fans exactly. Da, so da, da, we da. have to do as many things as possible to create as many. No, you're casting the net too wide. Exactly. And here exactly. You, you, you've got this channel launching on Monday, and again, you can only you only go after what you're interested in. Is there anything you you didn't get when you went out to look for shows? Is there anything maybe Felicia Day stole from you? Or um, is there, are there any shows you were like, fuck, that creator's just not available, or he's working on something else you didn't get, but you're gonna you're gonna wait and hide Well, first it. and foremost, I would have wanted to get Felicia, but then Felicia <laughs> got her own channel. Um, and then, yeah, there were a couple like uh, like Veronica Belmont. I wanted to do something with Veronica, yeah. and I wanted to do something with Will because we've been friends for twenty years. Yeah. And um, when I was doing a show on Revision Three, Will was finishing up doing a show there. Uh, did Veronica Belmont ever do a Revision Three show? Um, yeah, yeah, Veronica yeah. Belmont. Does, yeah, she does. She does a couple. Like that was back in '06 when we were doing the show. On, yeah, Veronica's like, always been on that. Like Veronica was podcasting in like '05. You <laughs> she know, like she's podcasting. she's just she's she's as authentic as you can possibly be. You know, and and such a sweet girl. And but you know what? What Felicia and I both realized was that we're not in competition with each other. Like we are. We're you know we agreed like right off the bat like. We are united in this effort, and mm-hmm. you know, if her channel does well, then that's good for me. And if my channel does well, that's good for her. We're doing a ton of crossover, and people can watch more than a five, one five minute. Of course, episode they can. And, you know what I mean? And, like, and beyond, I mean, because there's so much, because there's so much bullshit nerd culture in the world. They want that, you guys to fight. They, they've turned into a horse race, or what? Well, no, no. I, I feel like I feel you guys like fight. I feel like we're <laughs> not going to fight. You should fight. What are you ass. afraid of? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I feel like you know we need to do the best that we can do to make. You know, authentic stuff rather than hey, we're just trying to hop on the bandwagon. Yeah, being sincere is what's going to hurt it. What's going to put put you guys backwards? Yeah, it's you not I mean? like we're not a big company with a marketing department. It's like you know, there seems to be a lot of money in this nerd culture thing. Let's uh, let's uh, try to market some things towards this demographic. It's like we're just making stuff that we care about, yeah. and and beyond that, you know, I love Felicia and I love Will and I love Veronica and I, and and I just as friends, I want them to do well because you know it's it's exciting that. We all are sort of in the same boat of people who were, you know, after kind of rejected by mainstream media. And so we all kind of went, well, fuck you. We're going to make our own things about things that we care about that you can't touch. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's exciting to see people doing that successfully. Like, it makes me happy for them. Would, would you ever realize that you're at, a, like, some form of a critical mass as far as entertainment goes and be like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cash in some of these chips and I'm going to do something mainstream? Like, uh, I know, and I'm not, not considering the BBC America versions of the, the Nerdist to be mainstream, but something like a, a film that is just kind of outside of the current wheelhouse of what you guys are doing here. You know, I had this, I had this formula that with, with, that I, with my manager. Get yourself cast in an Avengers movie. Right. Oh, fuck. Let's go, Hank Pym. Oh Let's go. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah, well, I'm, I'm... Just be a shield I'm agent. friends with Dave and Lindelof, and I was like, you know, listen, if you need a red shirt in the new Star Trek, well, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, Come on, man. Didn't happen. you got to pay me back for that lost ending. <laughs> Let's do it. But, uh... What, do, what does he tell you about the lost ending? Like, what's his excuse on that one? You fuck well, with him, don't you? you no, fuck there's... You've got to fuck with him. Come on. No, 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 no. There's, there's no... There's... The, you know what? I think they did... Whatever. <laughs> they, they, you know, they did what they needed to do right. to, to get out of the show, and, you know, it's like... <laughs> They had one season, basically, all of a sudden, to like wrap up all what, these, what, what? all these crazy, <laughs> right. you know, like things that they had put out there. So I don't, I don't fault Damon for that. I, I think mm. he did a way better job than anyone who would have complained about that show. Mm-hmm. Um, Can but, you imagine? Do you ever one day when the nerds are up on their hate? Do you ever one day be like, all right, let's see how you do it? You know, do some you ever d- want to just fucking be like, okay, here's the seat, go sit. In yeah, it, and that's you do the thing it. is that, 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 that people judge, but they have no. You know, they Context. have no sense. I am so much more forgiving now of, like, bad movies and stuff. <laughs> right. Because I know, like, it's fucking hard. It's hard to make stuff, and it's hard to make things good. And you do the best that you can. And so when people are dismissive on Twitter or in comment threads or whatever, they're like, oh, this sucked. And I'm kind of like, you do – or when people tell me what I should do differently with the podcast, I go, well, number one, it's free. Yeah. <laughs> number two that's, – That's what I say. Number two – you do it then. You, mm-hmm. If you have such great ideas, and, and I mean that sincerely, like, you stop being a critic and be a creator. Like, go do something interesting. This is interesting. the ultimate democracy. But, like, um, at the end of the day, this is the ultimate democracy. If you don't like how it's being done, you can, for all you can do it yourself. do it yourself. Yeah. Or, or don't listen, but don't complain. Like, right. I just, I see, you know, some people just want to complain, and there's no constructive <laughs> anything. They're just like, the audio on that sucked. I'm like, well, what you do you, what's you your point? You should fight those people. <laughs> fight those people. Some days I would like to. But but by and large, people are not that way. It's you only see the loudest complainers, right? You know, most people are just like, dude, I'm not gonna waste my time with this. Like, yeah. I don't like it. I'm gonna move on. I mean, anger is more motivating to people than joy, and, and that's how it's always gonna be. Yeah, that's but, just, and that's fine. That's and, and you fine. also have to understand that a, a large percentage of these people are, are very unhappy, and then mm-hmm. you feel bad for them. You're like, ah, happy people don't think to go out of their way to get mad about non life threatening issues. Like, they just don't. So they're not gonna make you a red. They can make you a red shirt. Well, yeah, no, it didn't happen, but 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 sort of going back to what you what yeah, you asked in, what you asked me before is I had this formula. So in 2007, I said to my manager, like, I only want to work in these areas right. unless it is a network television show where the money would be ridiculous, but I would allow me to take that money and fund the nerd enterprise that I really want to work is on. Is that kind of what you did when I, did G4 pay enough? For you to be able to do that? With no, the, with no, the, no, the, no. The and I didn't work there long enough. I mean, like, I didn't work there enough. But, I was there four years, but... But I, the I audience worked... that you got from that, do you think... I mean, is that what you segued into the the beginning of Nerdist? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know... Uh, I made this decision in 2007 that I was only going to work in these sort of areas that I cared about. And what happened two weeks after I made that decision was I ended up getting this job to host a show for Wired Magazine on PBS called Wired Science. And from Wired Science, which I was in heaven on that show. Yeah. Um, Fucking nerd. I know. <laughs> well, we only got to do ten episodes. Oh shit. And so, but that, but working on Wired Science 
started, you know, like helped kickstart this path of, you know, then I started contributing to Wired Magazine. And from working for Wired Science, that got me a guest review spot on Attack of the Show. And, uh, You're climbing back. Yeah, climbing back. that's really, the montage. That's that, when Rocky's in it. Really was, Russia. and it just it just got me into an area where I knew what I was talking about, and I cared about what I was talking about, and I was very comfortable. And but I had always said, like, you know, I, I will take a network hosting gig, and I did a handful of pilots. They just never got picked up because the money would be so good that it would allow me to fund some Robin Hood shit. Yeah, but it's sort of like yeah. it's, it'd be sort of like the Wayne Corporation yeah. funding yeah. all of the <laughs> Batman activities right. unknowingly. And, and so it, that that's really that's really what it was and ultimately I never got that job that made that happen but you know, I, I put as much money into all the nerdist industry it, stuff as possible. If somebody comes to you and they want to pay you for a tweet. Yeah. Does it does it happen? It ha- I've done it in the past. And then and then you in and, and you and you can get like people can hear you say admit to that and be like, oh fuck this guy, he's insincere. But, well, always, but are you doing the same thing? Are you taking the money and then being like, a I'm going to be as honest as possible in that tweet. Yeah, beyond be, uh, up to the point of possibly losing that 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 gig, and then I will funnel that money into what I, these kids love. That's exactly what I did, and so and people hate you for that, or are they, no, they didn't actually. Like, I mean, like a percentage of them did, but a percentage of people are going to hate you no matter what you do. <laughs> So, so what happened was... Let's be very clear. These are motherfuckers who are sometimes sitting in their basements dreaming of life on other planets and they, they won't even fucking leave the home. So what's the point of their yeah, being life Yeah, they just want to tell you planets? how much you like, suck. And holy so, shit. You know, I, so yeah. So I guess, I don't know, maybe three years ago or something like that, you know, this company called Adley came along. And so their, their idea was that they would, they would pair sponsors with people with large Twitter followings. And, um, and so the, the money was so ridiculous that... It, that Adley no longer exists. <laughs> well, they're still around. You can give um, money all you want until you're poor. But I haven't done a paid tweet in ages and ages and ages. And 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 I think I've made startup capital right there. I think I only did like eight ever, <laughs> eight or ten or something you're like that. Scrubbing yourself in the fucking shower but afterwards. Like, because I because I understand because I understand the audience of people that were following me, and because I would want someone to be honest, I was totally transparent about it. And mm-hmm. I wrote a really long post on the Nerdist website, and I said, look. I'm going to start taking money for tweets. It's not because I'm trying to take advantage of your time. Mm-hmm. It's because I, you know, now I have, you know, now I have an editor on the website yeah, and I need to overhead. pay him. You and I need overhead. to, you know, like my goal is to constantly give people, um, my goal is to constantly give people uh, free content. Mm-hmm. So, the, the, but that costs money. You know, it costs yeah. money to give things away for free. And I don't ever want people to have to pay for that out of their own pocket. So I yes. said, please just allow me this. And know that when we get sponsors on the website or the podcast or on Twitter, it's not to take advantage of your attention and your and time. Buy some t-shirts. It's like, so that it's, it's so that we can fund this enterprise, you know, to do stuff that we really care about. And it got hundreds of comments, and almost every single one of them was like, "Of course!" Like, you know, so you didn't I didn't have to tell us, Chris. We love you. Well, they were very cool about right. it because I was honest with them, and they know how it works. But the deal that I made was. I would only ever tweet about stuff that I probably would have tweeted about anyway. Oh, shit. Why not take some money? And so, not only that, but I also had to deal with Adley where I said, like, you have to let me write the tweets. I don't want people to see, like, ten of the same exact sponsorship tweet going out because that just feels... Insincere. feels insincere. So, let me say to my own words. Right. Because I would care about this thing, you know? And they were very good about only offering me stuff that I, that I would have tweeted about anyway. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, it happened a handful of times, and it did help fund the thing. And you know, I didn't fucking go buy a yacht. <laughs> you know, like all the money, 
all the money is... Uh, you guys are seeing it on the website. Yeah. Like, you guys are seeing it in the brand. Like, I walk in here, guys, I came over and literally I think that this is either the same building or right next to the same building that View Askew used to be in when we had Kevin Smith on the podcast. <laughs> and, and Chris, like, you had no idea, but it literally was on this street. It was one of these two houses. That's amazing. And... um. And, and you have employees, and you've got people who are helping make this channel and this site better, and, and they can't work for free. You no, know I mean? we have, we Not have at lots this of level. Em- we have lots of employees. We have, we, have, we have interns who are donating their time at the theater at Meltdown, who I gave them a show on the channel. Yeah, we got this kid, Ben Dunn. Yes. Do you know Ben Dunn? Ben Dunn's a Geekscapist. Yeah, of course. Like, of course I know Ben. And Ben Dunn is doing that show. When is that going to come out? Nerd Turns. I don't know when Nerd Turns the Nerd is, is... Interns. Yeah, I don't know when Nerd Turns is launching, but it's a very kind of Larry Sanders kind of show about... Ben, ben asked me if I wanted to direct an episode, and I said, yeah, but you get it really bad in that episode. That's funny. That's the, that's the law. Well, you, you have to. You know that, Ben? You have to. You get it really you fucking bad. You have to crack bad. down. You're not going to want to put that shit on your reel, but I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, we have people at the theater that we're paying. We have people at the channel that we're paying. We have people at the newsletter that we're paying. I have people on the website that we're paying. You know, I, I, I pay Matt and Jonah on the podcast, and so it's just, you know, you can't... At some point, you just have to, like, all that money has, and when I say all, it's not even that much, no. but, you know, like, redesigning the website to, to create a better UI, that was tens of thousands of right. dollars. Like, it just, you know, I don't think people really under, I no, think. At the Geekscape booth at WonderCon uh, last weekend, I, uh, my producer and partner in Geekscape was going to come down, and so I had the check from our advertising for that last quarter. Yeah. And I took the check, and I showed it to the people who helped me out with the booth. And I said, guys, like if we keep doing this and it keeps to grow, this number will change, and then we can start doing something, you know, financially for this, right? But 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 this is the reality of what we're working on here. Yeah. And until we get to that critical mass where we're something of, of financial substance, let's just keep doing it, and, and let's just. That's let's how just you know you're it. doing the right thing. Like I, you know, I did stand up for years and made zero money for probably eight years doing stand up comedy just because I loved doing it, and that's how I know it's the right thing because. I wasn't making money, and it wasn't rewarding all the time, but I still did it because I wanted to do it. This web stuff, I mean, you know, I'm not making a ton of money off Nerdist, but I, but I love, you know, like... I, Chances I would, were you were going to do a fucking website anyway. Well, I would... You know what I mean? Like, I honestly, you were going to do a blog anyway, because you're just into that. I would way rather do what I'm doing and put stuff into the world that I love than if I, if I had the choice between doing this and making a fuck ton of money, like hosting, you know... Uh, some reality show. There's no, there's no question that I would rather do what I'm doing now and make less money because I just get to work with people that I love and I get to make things that I want to see exist. And so, I just, I do stuff and I don't really think about the money. I just go, well, you know, if it works, then the money will, it'll sort itself out at some point. And you know, I hope, I hope. Yeah, and then I, you know, I take TV jobs to supplement right. that. But fortunately, lately they've been TV jobs that I actually care about, like Talking Dead or mm-hmm. the Nerdist TV show. So how much does it grow? Are, are you conscious? Okay, so are you conscious of how much it's grown, how much it can continue to grow, and not overreaching? You know, like like you're casting a, a net for an audience, but if it goes too wide, they're just going to be swimming through. Does that make sense? That metaphor hold? Yeah, like, no, it does. Like, but but I think you, you know, can't do things that aren't you. Yeah, exactly. But we're casting. You know, like it's looks. So how big do you think this can get to where it stops? Like feeding on new audience members, you know what I mean. At what point do you reach that critical mass of, hey man, these are all the geeks? Yeah, I don't think we're anywhere close to that yet right. because there's still, there's still a lot to be done, and it always just boils down to, 
translating what you do onto different platforms and like you know maybe we've reached you know like if if I don't know if we have but if we've reached a critical mass in podcasting that's fine we you know like we've branched into television and mm -hmm. if you know if we've reached a critical mass in that which we certainly haven't there's still the web video content or there's still you know like i i want to, uh, i want to have like an imprint or 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 you know or you a record call it, label call it an empire <laughs> call it a fucking empire you evil bastard call it an empire i just think... i want dude he's like totally holding his fist up like vader right like now the... this motherfucker ain't... holy shit you are evil well my <laughs> favorite you know like my my favorite game for the longest time was um were uh was like sim city yeah, you know the, the rts's yeah any you of those games are like games? you know like i was so into Warcraft one and two and Starcraft yep. and remember the old Dune two game? Yeah, the, where where I mean that fucking game was amazing. Where you pick the house and it's basically you're going vertically up or down a, uh, a map, and you oh, have to get, you have to gather spice. I think it was the second Dune game, and it was early nineties, late late. It was probably early nineties. You controls the spice, controls the universe. It was intense. Well, I I just I love those building games, and so yeah. you know I, I realized that that's ultimately what I'm doing. That what I what what I what I'm doing is but now it's people, <laughs> but, but now it's people. But I like, can control you, their lives. But with podcasting, You're fired. <laughs> with podcasting, it but was. But I have kids, Chris. Ah, they'll be fine. <laughs> um, give them spice. Uh, but with with podcasting, like I realized, I mean, I, you know, when I started this podcast network, it really wasn't. There was no nefarious like I want to control all the podcasting. It was just, hey Kumail, hey Pete Holmes, you know, you guys are super funny. And this podcast has changed my live show business, and it will change yours too. And I want you to have this experience. Right. And so, you know, but also allow them the opportunity to, like, hey, because you have a podcast, like, you know, let's turn the indoor kids into a video show. And maybe you could tour that, or maybe you could turn that into a book. And it's just giving people ways to keep doing the stuff that they love right. rather than having to take jobs that they don't want to take. You find a voice you like, and you help it get, just reach more people, you enhance it. Yeah, of course. It's fun. A across different platforms. And, right. and that, to me, is fun. I mean, it really is just like a big... Fucking House Harkonnen, motherfucker. It's, like a, it's, like, a, it's like a big chess game, you know? And it, and, it, and it doesn't always work. And, you know, like, I don't know if our YouTube channel is going to work. Well, what have, have you had failures? That of you're course. Like, like oh what, what were the ones where you're like, oh, shit, that was an overreach, or that was in the wrong direction? Or I mean, I've made, you know, I've made videos before that I thought, oh, this is going to be great. And then, you know, just not a lot of views, or, you know, I've... I've, uh, but I have kids. You fired those people, didn't you? <laughs> fired all those people. Yeah. Fired them. We can kill them now. <laughs> that is how powerful I've become. Just tape it. Maybe we can make a show out of that. <laughs> we need content. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've had more failures than successes. Way more. But I think that's why I appreciate the successes so much. Right. Because I know, you know, I know what it's like for shit to not work out. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I've, I've had so many failed television shows, failed pitches, Failed kidneys. I'm not, livers, not. Livers? No. You were close to a liver. No. I was. You were close to a liver. I was very close. You well, I was still young enough that, you know, if I had continued drinking for another 10 or 20 years, that would have been a problem. Right. Um, you would have died like Elvis. Probably. But I quit early. But I think I was able to nip it right in the bud. At the pre-heroin stage. Yeah, I did not get to heroin yet. Did but you were thinking. No, I'm kidding. Um, okay, so, so where do you see it going? Where do you see it going? We we're talking about building. Like, what are what are some? If you want to share with us, what are some of the strategic things that you'd like to see it go in the direction of more TV shows? I would like what? to see more TV. I would like to see, I would like to see everything become a sort of a seeding ground for every other platform. Like taking a podcast and developing it into a web show, which turns into a TV show, which can turn into a book, which can turn you know, or 
Um, I, I love the, the, the touring idea as well because we're, mm -hmm. we're having success touring the podcast. Maybe doing, um, you know, a, a Nerdist kind of a con or a festival that's devoted to, like, craft making. Yeah, and the Penny Arcade guys did. Yeah, they've packs, done an amazing you know? job. Penny Arcade has done an amazing job. Mm -hmm. um, and... You know, what, I, what I've noticed is that a lot of the fans of the podcast, like, they come to shows and they make the most incredible, like, crafty art and I pictures. I saw a cape of cocks. Someone made a cape of the dicks, The cape yeah. of dicks. Uh, Yuri Lowenthal, do you know the voice actor? Yeah, yeah like, I know Yuri. I was playing D&D &D with Yuri, uh, part of a, a thing at Meltdown, and Yuri had this cape of cocks. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And he was like, it's a cape of cocks from Nerdist. And I was like... Holy shit, that's fucking, yeah. like, why do I have to touch it? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> so why am I why drawn it so to it? Why is it power? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. So, like, a, like a craft con where everybody just kind of comes and... Well, I love going to craft fairs, like, yeah. like Renegade Craft Fair or whatever. It's like fucking you, nerdy. You I go, love it. You go and you see... <laughs> some nerdy shit, Chris. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you really see, like, people create some amazing things. There is no pandering at those places, it no. seems like. Like, that place, that is some fucking pure I cannot shit. tell you how much... pure cocaine of nerd right there. I can't tell you how much art I have... That I've just buy at those things, and I have nothing to. I don't. I have nowhere to put them. You know, I just have nowhere to put. What is stuff. that? What's that robot in front of your computer? Oh, know. this. Yeah, this is a robot that my friend Gabe, uh, Gabe Diani and Etta Divine made. They did a. Uh, they did a version of Huck Finn called Huck Finn Robotic Edition. Oh, that's cool. It was they're, they're comedians, and so the joke was that there was a controversy about how they wanted to pull the N word out of Huck Finn, and a lot of educators robot. saying like, no, 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 this is literature. You yeah. can't just change it. And so they did this thing where they go, well, look. The idea is that in this book they were objectifying African Americans, and so let's 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 change the book so we can objectify something that people will be comfortable with. So they took out any any racial reference in the book and made it like robot android. <laughs> and so this is Robot Jim, and they actually crafted it. They they launched a Kickstarter campaign and raised a ton of money. They made that's these funny. beautiful. That's the book up there. Yeah. Uh, and it's and they did an amazing job with it. So it's the you have a homemade, robotic edition. You have a, a made TARDIS. You've got all sorts of stuff. Okay, so when's this CraftCon going to happen? I don't know. But I mean, <laughs> we have to get through the channel launch first. The right, channel, right. channel, and Course of the Forest are going to be the two big things. That'll our, dictate our, our lightsaber relay run. Yo, this lightsaber relay run, like like you guys in the Nerdist News guys are planning this this lightsaber relay from L.A. to San Diego this summer, mm -hmm. and, you, and, and you actually pay in to charity in order to. Keep the real, like keep the lightsaber for how far? How far do you run? A quarter of a mile. That's a, that, now you're just saying that geeks can't run further. No, I'm not. That's some bullshit. <laughs> why did? Why did? What? Okay, listen. What if I wanted to run five miles of that thing? You could buy five. You could buy all the segments. But that's just pretty expensive, isn't it? Like, how much is a segment? A segment's uh, five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars to, to run. Make a wish. Okay, goes to Make a Wish. But how, come on, all of, of that money goes to Make a Wish. But you think these nerds have that money? Like like these these kids? A lot of people do. Okay. But you know why? Because because. Do you think they're going to checker it? Like nobody's going to want to fucking run like the like the southern part of the OC because it's just like there's nothing there. <laughs> well, and, first and, of all, here's the thing: what if I put out a jihad? The geekscape is trying steal the lightsaber mid route and replace it with a red lightsaber. Uh, like, what if we put out a jihad or like well, like a, like, a, like a Jedi? What if a Jedi pops out of the fucking bush like a Sith pops out of a bushes halfway through this relay and starts attacking the person running? Well, the the Sith, I hope, would have powers of the Force because he might get tased by security. Oh shit! You guys have security. All There'll right, probably be security, scratch, yeah. scratch that plan. I think it would be fun if it, <laughs> because because then it's not in the, just running a quarter mile. You're not going to fucking break a sweat. But some people will break a sweat because well, they'll be in costume. But if you get some Siths like strategically planted out there, I think we got to do something to like up the stakes. There could be something like you that. You know, like up the stakes. There Maybe could, we could up the stakes in think? that way. I think you know. Uh, I think that'd I be think fun. The money is a tax write-off for people, and I feel like. You save up money, like if you, you know, like most people will go to 
one main co- major con a right. year, and they save up money for that. And you know this, you know that that run money is going to to make a wish. Make a wish. So right. it's not like it's not like we're saying, hey, give us five hundred dollars so you can run this thing. It's like you know, you know, give give money to this great charity and sort of celebrate your your geeky heritage uh, along the way. And you might get attacked by a Sith. You could get attacked by a Sith. What do you think? Think about the photo op. That'd be so much fun. We're gonna have to have we're gonna have to have fucking like Jedi escorts. I love those things, but I love those things. You know, like those zombie 5K runs. Like I do the, oh, yeah, I do the Spartan yeah. race, which is fun. Yeah. And like you do all these hurdles and stuff like that. Like, you know, spoof it up. Zombie walks are great. What do you think? I'm, I'm, I think people are, I think people can <laughs> come in any kind of cosplay they want. No, and, and without fear of getting injured by somebody running. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so that's, that's the focus, guys. And this Monday, okay, April 1st, uh, April 2nd, April 2nd, this Monday, you guys going to be launching how many shows? Uh, I think we're only launching. We're not launching all the shows at once. But I over think. the course of the next month, next week, we'll we'll be launching. We'll be doing twenty five shows over the course of the next year. So okay. in the beginning, I think we're leading with like five shows. And the only way you know about it is by subscribing. YouTube.com slash nerdist. And uh, and that's what I want you guys to do. Okay, like guys, this is Geekscape, where of course, like I don't, I don't, uh, you know, like I don't do the fake shit. So uh, <laughs> we came out hard on Chris. We talked about the real stuff. We got Chris to open up. We got Chris to show how legit he is. So the least, the least you guys can do is go and subscribe on this YouTube channel because that's the only way you guys are going to start seeing these shows as they start coming out. But truthfully, like it is, the subscription thing is very helpful to us because I think that's part of what will keep this initiative yeah. going. That's how YouTube gauges the initiative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so you know, if we have enough subscribers, we'll get to continue to make this content. And if we don't have enough subscribers, maybe people don't want to see this, then we won't. Okay. So that's why subscription is really, really, really important important to us okay and and, and i i recommend that you subscribe to felicia's channel as well geek and sundry well when she shows up on geeks <laughs> <laughs> we love you felicia i think we talked about dolphin porn last time she came on Geekscape, so oh, she was nice. like she was so we'll see and she thinks i'm a cheeky bastard and we'll just see i love okay. you felicia and i hope you come on the show and we would definitely want to support your channel but you know what chris beat you to it um guys <laughs> this is geekscape uh again you can follow chris on twitter at nerdist i'm at jonathan london we got all sorts of stories and stuff at geekscape.net we're going to continue to uh to help do a lot of the nerdist cross promotion with these guys because you know we've got a ton of nerdist fans on the site who are really really big doctor who fans too because that's something we didn't even get into because i don't even know where to fucking start that's with a doctor whole separate who. episode and um so honestly guys at jonathan london at nerdist subscribe to the youtube channel and uh, next week we're going to have a new episode with John Hurwitz and, uh, and Hayden Sloshberg, the directors and writers of the brand new American Reunion movie. And we get personal there too because John and I went to Penn together. And so oh, we can say some really personal shit whenever they come on the podcast. It's one you aren't going to want to miss. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Chris, thanks for coming on. I salute you, Geekscape. <laughs>